Welcome, everybody, to the Neil World Order podcast, coming to you on a Saturday night slash Sunday morning, I guess, here. And, well, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about the Bloodhound Gang, the band, taking their name from an old PBS show skit. The uh, show was actually called 321 Contact. I believe it used to come on after Sesame Street. Um... Their band that hits many genres, hip-hop, punk rock, alternative, rap rock. They kind of had their catchy pop culture reference and self-deprecating lyrics, which made them a hit with younger people in the mid-90s through 2015 when they broke up. The Bloodhound Gang sold over 6 million albums. They were featured on Jackass, you know, the TV show, the movies, Viva La Bam. Uh, there was like the infamous uh, episode where Bam Margera's Lamborghini goes missing, and it turned out that uh, Jimmy Pop, the lead singer of the Bloodhound Gang, had taken it to get detailed or something. I was first introduced to the uh, Bloodhound Gang by a roommate of mine named Ken at uh, Central Michigan University. This would have been uh, fall of '96, probably. Um, and the song, Pretty When I'm Drunk, which is a hilarious but catchy song like most of their tunes. Um, you know, it was just kind of a hilarious thing about a guy that has too much to drink and the kind of women he would bring home. Uh, they kind of soared to mainstream success with the album Hooray for Boobies and the release of the single The Bad Touch. You've all heard the song, you know, it's like you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. But anyways, I still love that song today. They had the uh, Ballad of Chasey Lane on the album as well, which was an ode to an adult to adult film star Chasey Lane. Uh, not to get sidetracked, but funny story. Around the time of this album, I was living in Orlando. Um, Chasey Lane was dancing at a local strip club one night, and I talked Scott into going. I'm sure it didn't take much talking, but anyways, um, and I, I believe at the time he maybe had never been to one, and we had a f- couple funny other stories from a couple other ones we went to later on down the road, but anyways, so we sit in the front, and we wait for a while for her to get there. She was like being, you know, c- coming in just to, for that night or whatever, and anyway, she finally shows up late, uh, and people are losing it, and she was smoking hot back then. She's not now. But uh, we were laughing, you know, she starts dancing and doing her thing, um, and we're laughing, you know, because we're thinking about the Blood Hanga, Blood, Bloodhound Gang song. Anyways, I don't know, out of the corner of her eyes or whatever, she sees us laughing, and I think curiosity got the best of her, and she comes over to us, which is awesome and scary at the same time, and uh, I meant to bring my CD for her to sign, but I'd forgotten it, of course. So she's like asking us what's so funny. I think I think she kind of thought we were laughing at her or that we were just like idiots. I mean, I mean we are. And I kind of explained we were talking about the Bloodhound Gang song, and she laughed and spoke with us briefly. Um, unfortunately, no camera phones back then, so the story we'll just have to do. But uh, she was really nice when I remember, and uh, I think she actually enjoyed that we weren't overly acting like the rest of the place that just wanted to get in her pants. Um, but. The Bloodhound Gang uh, had made more headlines, and the band began began performing their encore song at their concerts. And they would encourage they would they would perform their encore song at their concerts naked, 
and would encourage their audience to do the same. Um, I believe they were cited and arrested in some cities over this as well. They broke up in 2015, but no reason was really cited. They just they did offer to perform again in 2017 if Trump was impeached. Not sure if they made good on that. But, yeah, they may be some crybaby liberals, but, um, like most performers. But the Bloodhound Gang, they have some really catchy tunes. Uh, check out I Wish I Was Queer, Firewater Burn, um, Hell Yeah. Um, there's a, their last single they've released was Uncool As Me. It was actually featuring Joey Fatone of NSYNC. It's really funny. Um. 3.14 was a good song. Uh, there's so many, like, honestly. You just have to uh, go on Apple Music, listen to the Bloodhound Gang, and there's not they don't have a huge catalog, but they're definitely w <laughs> worth a listen. Um, and I, I honestly can't believe it took this long for me to think about them. And like I said, the song's just, a song will come on one day, and I'm like, oh my God, I've never talked about this band. But yeah, check out the Bloodhound Gang. Um, other news, uh, those of you who follow me on social media know uh, we got a new foster dog this week. So there are now four dogs in our house. Um, it's not as overwhelming as I thought it would be. It's also not as easy as I thought it would be. Um, but, I mean, the easy part of it is Josh. His name is Joshy. Um, he's probably the best behaved foster we've ever had. Um, we had committed to him long before there was a Colby. Um, Colby just sort of happened. You know, that was the whole thing where it was like serendipity. Um, anyways, Joshy has a heartbreaking story, which a lot of these dogs that have come up from Texas or from wherever always do. But um, Joshy's... Joshie's is, that's one that gets me. Um, so he has all these scars all over his head. And those of you, like I said, you've seen the pictures. And there's some under his chin, uh, you know, on his body and stuff. They're, they're from cuts made by humans. And from being attacked as he was used for the training of fighting dogs. Uh, on top of all that, his teeth have been filed down. That's right, filed down his teeth so he couldn't fight back in these instances. You know, and, and it's crazy when you think, like, I know people are capable of some terrible things, you know, and the things we do to do to each other, but I guess I, guess I look at an animal and I'm like, you know, it doesn't want to hurt you. Um, and the crazy thing is, despite all this, Joshy is, he's the sweetest boy ever. He's a little timid, and he frightens easy with loud noises or quick moves, but not like in the frightened sense where you have to worry about him biting or doing it. He just retreats. Um, you know, I have one of those, uh, it looks like a tennis racket, like bug zapper thing. Uh, we were outside today, and there was this little stupid bee flying around, and we have like this outdoor sectional. And uh, I was on the far end, Joshy was over by Kai, and because he was out there, I wasn't going to swing this thing wildly at bugs. It just kind of like, I had it off to the side and the bee kind of came close to it. And I pressed the button and the bee landed on it and it zapped it. Just that noise alone 
sent this dog into a panic like nothing I've ever seen. He was shivering, his teeth were ch like it's terrible to think what someone has done to this dog. Uh, you know, and he, Kylie just hugged on him and hugged on him and hugged on him and hugged on him until he calmed down. And it probably took a good 30 minutes. Uh, you know, and it's terrible because he literally, he just wants love. Like he just wants to, he, he thinks he's a lap dog. He's a 60 pound Staffordshire lap dog. He has zero, he's shown zero signs of aggression. Colby climbs all over him, jumps on him, bites at his legs. He really, he tries to play with Colby uh, a little bit with Daisy. He's leery of Ellie, I think, because Ellie's a lot bigger than he is. So I think there's the scare factor there, having been attacked by bigger dogs. But he's not aggressive or, you know, he just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to go away now and let you guys do your thing. He doesn't make messes in the house. He doesn't, doesn't, I, I don't know if I've heard him bark, but maybe kind of a weird bark once. And that's because our dogs were barking. And it just blows my mind that he has this gentle, sweet nature about him. And he's been treated in the most inhumane way. And it just, it, it breaks my heart. It really does. Um, you know, I think LB, Ellie and Colby, when they play, kind of overwhelm him a little. And they can be a lot when they get started. Weird noises, bouncing off the wall, running around like, just like crazy children. Um, you know, Joshy also has uh, EPI, which Daisy has as well. Um, it essentially means their pancreas doesn't work, and without meds on their food, their bodies are unable to digest or process food to create the nutrients you know they need and eventually they would starve to death um, but once it's diagnosed it's easy to treat uh, it doesn't usually have any effect on life expectancy or quality of life you literally sprinkle this thing on you let it soak for like 15 minutes put it on his food stir it up and he eats it i mean he takes uh some benadryl for allergies i don't even crush him anymore i just drop him in his bowl and he eats them um you know, and Daisy has the same condition as far as the EPI, and I would argue Daisy's like the most spry, energetic, nine-year-old dog in the country. I'm a little tired. Um, she still acts like a puppy most days. <clears throat> you know, and some of that's environmental as well, I think. Our lifestyle is good to Daisy. Daisy's well taken care of. Ellie keeps her young. So, <clears throat> anyways, yeah, Joshie's a 60-pound like Staffordshire Bulldog mix, I would say. He's black and white. Uh, he's sweet as can be, and we're hoping to find him the best home ever. Um, I'll continue to post pics and updates of him so everyone can see his journey. Um, you know, when a dog like Joshy comes comes to us, it, you know, through the through Albert's Dog Lounge, uh, which you can go to albertsdoglounge.org uh, to adopt or apply to adopt Joshy or any of the other dogs. Um, it's a reminder of, of why we do fostering and volunteering and uh, whatever the little things we can do to change the future for a dog and ensure that, you know, every dog we work with has a happily ever after. You can't change their past. You can't, you know, but you can give them a better future and 
I, I, I don't know. I, I love dogs. Um, I'd keep this dog. I'm, I'm not even lying here. Uh, I'd find a way to... My biggest issue, I think, is that, you know, Woody get used to Colby and Ellie bouncing off the walls like knuckleheads. But uh, if you're out there and you're looking for an amazing dog that will love you to no end, cuddle up in your lap, he snores a little loud, um, consider Joshy. And like I said, you can reach out to me. You can go to albertsdoglounge.org and apply to adopt him. But uh, my goal is to find this dog an amazing, amazing home where he is just spoiled and loved for the rest of his days. Um, changing gears, I guess. I, you know, I wanted to take a few minutes and talk about Joshy, just because I think he's awesome. Uh, I don't know if anyone has been paying attention to uh, what's going on in Australia. Uh, I don't think it's really featured on our news uh, or you know, you know, we don't see much about it online, but there, uh, it, it should honestly be a warning to us as citizens or any citizens out there that live and want a free world. The Australian government has taken extreme measures to try and prevent the spread of COVID. Uh, the citizens of Australia are currently in their sixth lockdown uh, and not like a lockdown with essential workers, like kind of like what we had here in the States, where sure it's a lockdown and people work from home and blah, blah, blah. But this is like a legitimate lockdown. We are only permitted to leave your house at certain times for a certain period of time, or you're subject, sub, you'll be subject to heavy fines. Um, the law enforcement in Australia isn't like what we have here where depending on the municipality, they respect the freedoms and liberties offered, afforded us in our constitution. Like a lot of places, we're not enforcing mass men. You know, law enforcement has pretty much been smart about it. And like, this is stupid. There's no point. We're not getting involved. It's not like that in Australia. These people are like literally living in another world. And similar to the bullshit that, uh, that is our mainstream media, uh, in the States, the media in Australia helps sell this craziness and propaganda associated with all the COVID madness. Um, the state of South Australia has gone as far to develop an app to enforce home quarantines. This is insane. The app will contact people at random and ask them to report proof of their location within 15 minutes. People, that's fucking unreal. That's like some crazy stalker girlfriend shit. Like, that's not something as a grown-ass adult you should be having to deal with. Um, it just, it blows my mind. <laughs> you know, and to think in this day and age, we're okay with atrocities like this happening. You know, it's beyond my comprehension. The, the people in charge there are all fucking insane. The chief health officer in New South Wales had this warning to citizens, and I quote, While it is in human nature to engage in conversation with others and to be friendly, unfortunately, this is not the time to do that. What? People, this shit could be coming to a state here in the States before you know it. I mean, assuming it would be a blue state, but... You know, I bet these people at one point didn't think their governments were capable of shit like this either, yet here they are. 
people are forced to wear masks outside during their outside times they're allowed out. I've seen videos of law enforcement telling beachgoers, including those in the water, that they are to be wearing masks at all times and maintaining social distance or they will be subject to fines or arrest. This is insane. Like, you can't teach people not to be this crazy or to ask for such ludicrous compliance. And if we're, I'm telling you, if we're not careful, things like that will start to happen here. And the worst part, like I said, it's all insanity. There's no going back on insanity. You know, football stadiums across the country were packed. No masks. Maybe some, but we're talking 50,000 to 100,000 people, depending on the school or place. But yet, a lot of your kids are required to wear masks all day at school, even at their desks. Which, I, I've never understood. Because you can, even when the mask was a thing in the restaurant, you didn't have to wear it at the table just to and fro. Okay, why isn't it the same for the kids in school? Especially since kids are completely almost unaffected by this and are mostly all asymptomatic, assuming that's probably because most of the positive tests are false positives, but whatever. But think about that. All day, kids sitting in masks. More kids have died in gun violence in Chicago this year since January 1st, 2021, than have been killed by COVID in the whole country. That's... That's, and that's not, I mean, the gun violence in Chicago is obviously high. It's just not a big number. You know, and sure, there's people and things, you know, everyone's like, Ooh. but we, you know, and we have good parents out there fighting the good fight at board meetings, trying to protect their kids from these absurd mandates. We see more and more of the videos, you know, until they get taken down. Um, we're seeing some of them even get arrested for simply not yielding a microphone or putting on a mask themselves. And people are standing by and letting the law enforcement do this. I, I'm sorry, but if law enforcement chooses to be on the wrong side of this, then I feel it's up to citizens to stop them. And I fully support law enforcement, but I'll call out crap when I see crap. But there's a difference between protect and serve and forcing politics and compliance. I've said this a million times. There are more of us than there are those who make the rules. We have numbers. We just don't use them. Those who make the rules and are like the elite, they're few. Everyone else is the many. You know, and as long as we allow this, it's going to continue. And it's all a charade. I've, I've thought of it as a charade and bullshit from the first time I've ever heard of this thing. You know, think about this. September of 2020, there were 38,061 new COVID cases with zero vaccinated people in this country. Fast forward to September 2021, 176,427 cases of COVID in a country with 178 million vaccinated people. So we had less positive COVID tests with zero vaccinations than we do with over half the country vaccinated. And yet, they're doing everything they can to force everyone into taking this vaccine. 
and I, I guess I don't understand why, because it's not really accomplishing anything. Um, they will sell you on the fact that most of those with the vaccine are asymptomatic, but people who get the vaccine are dying. That is a fact. They are going to the hospital. They are on ventilators. Um, you know, so most of the unvaccinated are asymptomatic as well. And the biggest thing to remember that always gets lost is 99.75% survival rate. Yet, here we are. I honestly don't think it ever ends. I, I, I mean, I used to think, okay, you know, we'll come out of this, it'll go away. But like new, uh, new strains and new this push of the vaccine for this and if you put this shit in your kids you're fucking crazy you should lose your children because you're a fucking idiot um so a lot of you guys know i grew up down south tennessee and uh i came across something the other day it would have been was it Friday? Yeah, Friday. Um, about my alma alma mater, Upperman High School. Uh, it's just another instance of people going after traditions and groups trying to stick their noses where it doesn't belong. Um, when I played football at Upperman, it was it was customary. There was a prayer before the game in the locker room, and I believe on the field after the game as well. Although I don't remember the on the field prayers much, but let's be real, all I was thinking about was getting changed, hanging out with the guys, or whatever cheerleader I was dating at the time. Um, anyways, so one of these lily-ass liberal organizations, the United America for Separation of Church, and that's a mouthful, um, it filed a complaint about the coaches and staff leading the prayer with players after the game. So the, the organization is basically working to end all prayers in schools. They're probably pro-hanging up rainbow flags and girls using the men's room and men using the... But whatever. So what these things all come down to is a handful of people who don't like something trying to impose their will on the many, like like everything nowadays. Um, it's the, it's kind of the whole thing, same thing with cancel culture and too many things in our society where we pay attention to the few people making noise and not the many who are fine with it. I'm not a religious guy, period. Um, I don't subscribe to a faith. I don't go to church. I believe in a higher power and I consider myself somewhat spiritual. And um, there's nothing wrong with these teams and their coaches praying, period. I'll go one step forward even. When I was a player in high school and I was younger, I was pretty much an atheist. It never bothered me with the team prayers. I didn't feel offended. I was never uncomfortable or made to feel uncomfortable. Why would I be? You know, it was a moment with my team and my coaches. Um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of my teammates knew where I stood on religion as I did them. I've never been one to pretend to be something I'm not or not say how I feel or what I think. Um, you know, and we had conversations. They were curious about my beliefs, and I've always been curious and fascinated by people's faith and belief in, in God and religion and people that think they're, um, you know, they're, they're being in it and they're just all in on it. I, I find it fascinating, you know. Um, and I always enjoyed the conversations. I still enjoy conversations with people who are 
very deep and secure in their faith. Um, I think there's a lot to be learned from it. Uh, I think, you know, those conversations over the years are probably what move the needle with me. And, you know, I think becoming a father and just going through life and things change. You know, you mature, you see things differently. You, you know, the eyes of a 40-year-old man are different than the eyes of an 18-year-old kid. Um, <clears throat> but um, as I grew older, you know, like I said, I found spirituality and I understood there was something bigger in the universe, something bigger than me. You know, and at times, you know, I do find myself praying. I pray for understanding. I pray for inner peace, for the wellness of those I love. Uh, sometimes I pray to get out of trouble um, or for something to go my way, you know, like we all do. Um, just like, you know, many of these coaches, players, and parents do. You know, and here's my take. If you don't want to pray, don't. If they want to, then pray. But don't try to tell people they can't do something because you don't, you know, and, and I, I get people are going to want to turn it into the whole church state argument, but this isn't like instilling beliefs or teaching religion in the classroom or trying to sway the minds of young children, like say critical race theory. Um, this is simply being thankful and asking for grace and safety of players and family. It's like a moment of reflection um, you know, before a game, after a game. And I, I'm pretty sure this organization has no idea what they stirred when they filed this complaint. And I have a feeling if they had been brave enough to show their face last night in the game, they'd see the, a community that came together. Um, you know, and the way I look at it too, this nation is more divided than ever. And things like this, you know, are why. We want to stop people from doing things that bring them together. You know, think of, think about the logic behind that. You know, I, I've been in conversations with people uh, talking about whatever, and they're like, well, if one person's offended, that's one too many. Only a fool thinks like that. Like, sometimes people have to look at the world outside of themselves and understand there's way more, you know, we're all just spokes in a wheel, man. Um you know, and it's groups like the Freedom of Religion Foundation and the United America for Separation of Church. They're just liberal tools used to spread more idiotic ideology of liberals. It's a coward tactic. Um, I guarantee no one from either of those organizations showed their face at that game last night when they had tons of people on the field after the game. Parents, coaches, members of the community. They're praying, you know, and those people that were behind that they need to be called out, singled out. They need to face the accountability of hiding behind the rhetoric of some shell organization. These are the, the people who will sell you that prayer is offensive and divisive, will cry and protest over losing the right to kill babies. You know, they try to bully people into seeing things their way. And the best way to handle a bully, I've always thought, is they hit them right in the mouth. And that's metaphorically or literally, which 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 either you prefer works for me. You know, I guess the moment dictates which route you take on that. Um, but yeah, that's great job to the town of Baxter and the Upperman people who came together last night. I, I assume they will continue to do it. Um, to, it's good to see people stick up 
you know, and stand up to the idiocy and say, you know, enough, no, you're not going to pull that shit here. And that's one of the things I've always thought was a blessing about where I came from. They're good people. They know where they stand, and you're not going to push them around. Um, also this week, we lost a great comedian and a great mind in Norm MacDonald. You know, unfortunately, Norm MacDonald lost his battle with cancer. I personally had never even heard anything about him being sick. I think he had kind of kept it private and fought this privately. Um, Norm, of course, you know, for many of us know, rose to fame on Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live. He was my all-time favorite weekend update host. He just, his dry delivery and amazing wit. The guy, the guy was just so smart. He just had a way of making you laugh at things you probably were like, oh, I shouldn't laugh at it. But it was funny, you know, and, and he would laugh. And I always thought it was cool that, like, there were times where you could tell, like, that maybe the the live crowd there wasn't feeling it, but he still delivered it, and, la and it was funny. Like, I always thought he was funny. He was eventually fired from Saturday Night Live, over OJ jokes. Supposedly he was told it's because he wasn't funny enough, but it was because Norm MacDonald continued to make OJ jokes. One of the higher ups at NBC was one of OJ's buddies, and he didn't like the OJ jokes. He wanted them to shy away from it. Norm never shied away from an opinion or let anyone try to tell him he was wrong. Um, he had a great appearance on that dumpster fire of cackling liberal whores, The View where he talked about the Clintons being murderers and wouldn't let it go. No matter how hard those skinks try to redirect it. If you get a chance, go on YouTube, look up that clip. It's amazing. Um, he did an amazing Burt Reynolds impression, or should I say Turd Ferguson. Um, I love Burt Reynolds. I've always loved Burt Reynolds, and uh, we miss Burt Reynolds. Uh, but when Norm would play him in the Jeopardy skits, the Jeopardy skits were always amazing on SNL anyways. Um, it was classic. You know, Norm would star in uh, movies as well, and Billy Madison, uh, Grown Ups. He was in tons of the Adam Sandler movies as they were very close. And Adam Sandler always liked to have his people in his movies. Um, he also was, was in the movie a movie called Dirty Work. It was directed by Bob Saget. That's for you, Dana. Um, it they were kind of it was uh, Norm Macdonald and Artie Lang. They start a business where they get revenge for people. It, it, it's hilarious. It's it's worth a watch. It might be hard to find somewhere, but it, it's really good. But um, rest in peace, Norm Macdonald. Uh, you will be missed. Uh, thank you for your talents and sharing them with us. Um, that's all I got, folks. Uh, have a great weekend, uh, and we'll see you next week.